are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Angels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked in with your host, Brent McGuire. In today's episode, we're going to pivot a little bit and talk about the San Diego Padres who are absolutely making noise right now in the baseball world. So I will be talking with Javier Reyes, the host of the Locked On Padres podcast about the state of the San Diego Padres and these monumental moves that they've made. Before getting to the episode, as usual, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at BMAGS94. You can follow my written work at Crashing the Pearly Gates. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to download, subscribe, rate, and review the Locked On Angels podcast wherever you get your podcast from. So happy Tuesday. Like I said, we're going to talk about the San Diego Padres today with Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. And for those who have not seen, the Padres went out on Sunday night and swung a big deal for Tampa Bay Rays ace Blake Snell. The following day, as we were recording this episode, actually, the trade for Hugh Darvish and catcher Victor Caratini went through. And the club went out and acquired the international shortstop, Song Kim, from the Korean baseball organization. It's a humongous set of moves that really narrowed that gap between the Padres and the Dodgers. And very clearly, the Padres are going to be one of the most fun teams to watch in all of baseball. And they're pushing all of their chips in right now. So I'm not going to waste much more time, but these moves obviously have some significance for the Angels. So we'll probably spend Wednesday's episode talking about the significance of two of the best starting pitchers being off of the market, what that means for the Angels. But in the meantime, enjoy this conversation with Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres. All right, super excited to be joined in this episode by Javier Reyes, the host of the Locked On Padres podcast, and couldn't pick a better time to talk some Padres baseball with. So Javier, how you doing? Oh man, I am living, some would say I'm living the dream. I am just, I'm living through memes and all the memes that everyone's shooting right now about just the Padres being uh, good. That was a terrible ride, by the way, my apologies. Uh, just everything, everything's going well, man, and it's just... This is, I, I wish that it happened sooner almost, just because we really went through the wasteland of nothing in the off season for the first, like, I don't know, like basically the last two months. Um, but at least we're finally getting something. And hilariously enough, it's trades. It's not even like free agent signing or anything like that, but it's actually just a bunch of trades and another signing for the Padres. But yeah, it's been, it's been a wild, man. I'm just super happy that I, I chose the right team, I guess you could say at this point, uh, it's in the podcast. Yeah, so we were kind of talking off the record before the podcast about just not expecting anything. I think we were both just mm-hmm. doing nothing at the time of the, <laughs> the Blake Snell trade last night. And then that happens. And then we hear about the Yu Darvish trade. And we hear about the Song Kim signing. It's like all these things are going on. It's like, how are you feeling at this exact <laughs> moment with all of these things going on? It's funny because you see it's like a more random time is right. Like, have you? No- it's really funny because I've noticed baseball loves having its news drop probably objectively at the times it shouldn't be dropping, which is like post Sunday night when people are just getting ready for work. Uh, usually it's more like you drop this news, like, you know, when there's no real, th- I mean, basketball's back and football, so they have football, but instead they're like, yeah, let's do this. And when they did, um, what was it? Uh, did, what is it that they did? They announced the, I think they announced the gold glove winners, right? On election day. <laughs> it was like, what? 
<laughs> and yeah, it makes news, I guess, a little bit, but it was just, it's such odd timing, like of all the times to choose. Um, but that's baseball, right? And I think that's sports in general too, to an extent, but uh, it's been really crazy because it reminds me basically pretty much of the trade deadline, which was back in, it was July, right? No, no, sorry. It was, August. when was it? It was like mid-August. Oh, that yeah. was, that's, oh, that's so Totally um, 2020. Yeah, totally 2020. Um, and it reminds me of being like, all right, but that one started out small. It was like, okay, they, they traded for Jason Castro and Austin Nill, I believe was the first one that they did. Then they traded for Trevor Rosenthal, which is probably the thing they needed the most. And then they do Mitch Borland. And then they're still doing stuff. And then it's like, oh my God, they just traded for Mike Clevenger. And now they just, it's like Preller wants to keep one-upping himself. It's like he's competing with himself. He wants to brag to people that he's literally every single thing. He is not afraid of pulling the trigger. I do wonder if maybe he's getting a little bit too trigger happy, which might be a controversial take. I am really curious to see, uh, by all accounts, but from the reports I've read, and I assume that you've read that, this trade is going to happen, the Udarvish one. Uh, and it could literally break as we record this. So if you just hear a giant squeal, uh, it's probably for me. Um, but it, it's one of those things where if the Darvish thing goes through, I'm hoping that they don't give up one of the three, uh, you know, golden prospects that are still left. They gave up one in Patino, which you have to give up. Three years of control on Snow, Cy Young winner. I get it. But Darvish is 34, and I don't know. It feels like he found a resurgence, and at 34 years old, you know, my question would be, is that meaning this is like his final – was this past season like his final kind of moment and that he's just going to regress to the mean where he's not – hopefully he's not bad. He doesn't have a – Dallas Keuchel or a CC uh, Sabathia, I don't know, just some names that come to mind type of drop-off. Hopefully he's just good. And the Padres need that considering Clevenger isn't back, considering we don't know if Mackenzie Gore is ready. Uh, but in general, just in terms of excitement, oh my gosh, man. I mean, it's, it's truly incredible. No other team is really doing anything like this. I mean, the White Sox are trying. I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I feel like the White Sox have been trying to do. Uh, they've been doing <laughs> some bad with uh, Tony La Russa, just kind of making all the news in that respect, which yeah. is questionable. But then they do Lance Lynn. So it's, they're, they're also – they really are the Padres of the American League. Shout out to Herb Lawrence. Uh, I know he's not listening, but shout out to him. He's uh, – loved having him on my show. But, yeah, man, it's just been a blast following this team that really is no shortage of content. And it really started – you know, this whole season has just been like that. This is – it's it's – Stupid to say I'm surprised almost because I should be expecting, you know, anything at any point, I guess, at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's still completely shocking, but I think we expected them to be kind of active. So I I want to look at these moves individually and hear your take on it. So like we mentioned, the first move was the trade for Blake Snell. And Mm -hmm. this is considered a win for the Padres, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be hard to say goodbye to Luis Patino, Cole Mm -hmm. Wilcox, Francisco Mejia, Blake Hunt, but you're talking about a team that's making a push for it right now while every other team is seemingly trying mm-hmm. to shed payroll. The Padres are like, nah, we've got this good team. We're going to push all of our chips in right now and maximize this really good team we have. So this is a win, right? This Blake Snell trade? Uh, I think it's – and and look, I, I was reading an article from uh, The Ringer actually by Zach Cram, which I think broke it down. I really recommend everyone checking that out too. Um, and I agree with basically everything in that article. And to, to summarize points of it that I want to talk about is that – I think it's we need to also be careful not to make everything so binary and black and white with trades and assuming one team has to win and one team also both teams could lose you know that's also a possibility that happens every now and then right like both teams the trade doesn't work out for either of them you know it's just a neutral it's a stalemate in this case I think that 
if you were to look at it in a vacuum, it's trading. If you just took away the names, it's trading a guy who you don't want to pay necessarily. Um, he's not necessarily as young anymore, although he's still only like 28. I know it's just, whatever. Uh, and then you look at it as you're getting a bunch of prospects, some really exciting ones, especially in Patino. Uh, I know people are really high on Cole Wilcox as well. And uh, what's his name? Um, blanking on his name. The, the, the Mejia catcher. Or, or Hunt. The other uh, Hunt. There you go. Yep. And Hunt where it's like that guy's a really raw prospect. And look, I love making fun of people who start like slurping and getting so like fetishized over prospects because they're like check out this one hazy iphone 8 video yeah and it's like yeah. of him hitting a ball and i'm like don't get me wrong it's impressive if i was in person just watching someone doing that i'd be like heck yeah but all right we're major league baseball podcasters we're talking about the major leagues you know so not to hate but let's calm down with the thing on hunt but wilcox and francisco mejia i actually think is a really underrated part of this trade because i don't think he ever got a chance here in san diego so if i'm a Rays fan i'd you know, it's it's a sleeper. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever figure out how to hit. I think his defense is actually a lot better than people thought it would be. But in terms of will he get to figure out to hit, I don't know. I think he deserves some reps, and I think he needs a chance instead of being taken out every other third day for Austin Hedges. The Hedges versus Mejia debate was a headache, I guess, for Padres fandom for years. And now that none, both of those guys are gone. So I think – I think both teams could win, but for now the Padres win because the Padres are like, let's compete now. I think the Rays lose in a sense it's, you know, and people are kind of ripping the Rays to shreds right now, which I, I for one, think is somewhat deserved where it's like, in what world are you in the World Series, in the championship series, in any sport? And then you're like, we got to trade away our superstar. (laughs) Like, usually it's like, no, that's the team that goes out and signs Trevor Bauer. They sign George Springer. They're like, no, we're going for it next year, right? Instead, the Rays are like, okay, let's prepare for 2024. It's like, wait, weren't you like the the best, second best team to the Dodgers? Like, why are you kind of developing that way? It really is. It speaks a lot towards the philosophy of that team, a philosophy of a lot of teams in baseball, I think. Um, And that's why I think people should be, rooting for the Padres, I know that's biased, but rooting for teams that aren't afraid to pull the trigger, aren't afraid to pay people. Uh, I've really started thinking differently about the whole system in baseball where I used to root for the underdog teams that don't pay for players, and I still do because of the fans. I want the fans to win. But now I'm like, you know what? Yeah, maybe uh, Dodgers, they actually pay people. Hey, Tampa Bay, can you pay like one guy? Maybe? I don't know. It's just an idea. 12, I think he's making 105 next year Blake Snell that's not a lot for a guy of his caliber especially over like a three-year span so uh right now I think the Rays um fans might be a little bit upset I hope they should be I think they should be uh but the Padres obviously you should be uh thrilled can this bounce back and can Blake Snell maybe he played over his head in that Cy Young year sure of course I cool there's like three pitchers in the league that we know are going to be surefire just dogs right everybody else is an ace if that makes any sense it's like S tier and then SSS tier you know yeah. there's like two SSS tiers and then there's S and A and all that right so it's if from that perspective yeah of course you can put little um pick nets and whatnot but for now the Padres fans should be excited that they're still going for it I thought they were going to buy low this offseason I, I did my offseason wish list which I was going to do a graphic for hilariously enough and I know I'm talking a lot, a lot right now but I was going to do my offseason wish list graphic and put all the things and the pictures I put on there were like I didn't necessarily want to go for Tra- Trevor Bauer and I was like Jake Odorizzi and Corey Kluber are some guys they're like haha that's cute we're we're going to trade for Blake Snell now so uh and probably you Darvish by the end of this recording so it's just it's uh what a time to be alive man 
It's crazy. And I, one comment on the race thing, because I totally agree. I don't want to totally sidetrack the whole podcast, but I yeah, yeah, tend yeah. to agree. Like, <laughs> I think the Rays approach, like, they're clearly one of the smartest organizations in baseball, and they're going to be mm-hmm. competitive for years. Absolutely. But when your mindset is to constantly trade short-term assets for long-term assets, mm-hmm. it feels like they're kind of going to be stuck in this place where they're like, all right, we got this really good player. We're going to trade him for this guy that might be good down the road. Like, who's the next guy that's going to get traded? Tyler Glass now? And then yeah. in three years, and Luis Patino is like an ace. Oh, we're going to mm-hmm. flip him for the next Luis Patino. It's going to be like this constant cycle. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I agree about the whole small market thing. It's commendable what they're doing. But at the mm-hmm. same time, it's like, keep some of these guys around. You've got a really good team right now. Mm-hmm. So They're like the college basketball of baseball teams where they have – it's like a one and done, but spread that out and make them three and done or something like that where by the time they really have molded and they're good, you get them for like two or three years and then they just leave. And it's – I just refuse to believe that these owners can't. I'm not saying everyone has to have $450 million budgets, but – you know, it is one of the weaknesses of baseball, I think, where there's not like a – not every team has that same budget every year. If the Oakland A's, if everybody – then it would be more like, okay, yeah, you spent your money poorly or certain players didn't play as well. But now it's just like, yeah, what, why are we seeing the Rays do this? It's it's very unfair, I think, to a lot of people who are the fans of the Rays. You were just in the World Series, and it's it's incredible to see, you know, the great Blake Snell uh, Game 6 controversy and to see, yeah, that was his last – uh, moment for the Tampa Bay Rays and for it to end like that is pretty insane and I for one am happy because I'm hoping he just has a giant I don't know if chip on your shoulder because everybody knows you're good uh, type of thing but just a sense of look at me I'm gonna go out here and absolutely I'm gonna pitch eight innings every game next year just to spite you people who I will only put me in for two uh, every single start does it work for them sure and I think that the GM work there of course deserves credit it is remarkable. Maybe it's ownership that's the reason that they never do this. Maybe it's not the GM's decision. Maybe the GM is begging for him to be like, hey, can I have, you know, $20 to like spend on <laughs> yeah. somebody? But uh, in this case, uh, they definitely deserve credit. But I wish that you could combo the smart drafting, the, the farm system building with spending money. And I think that's what the Padres have done. You know, like every single player on this team, with the exception of Gore, is someone they've – and Campizano and Abrams. No, I forgot who they got Abrams from. Oh, no, Abrams was a draft pick. Yeah, Abrams was a draft pick. Um, like, everyone on this starting roster right now is through a trade. Tatis uh, trade, Machado signing, Hosmer signing, Will Myers signing. But, you know, and Mike Clevenger was a trade. I know that he's hurt because the – team lied and he <laughs> did not just need a scope for bone chips he had Tommy John surgery but you get see what I'm getting at where it's it was a nice balance of good managing from the farm system and also finding some guys that maybe people didn't necessarily know about beforehand that's like Cronenworth so it's really been exciting man coming up in a bit Javier and I are going to continue this conversation talking about the San Diego Padres but first let me tell you about bet online BetOnline is one of the best sports betting websites on the market right now. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. You can check out the NFL games of the week and the new NBA season that just started. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. If you're looking for a delicious tasting protein bar, look no further than Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best tasting protein bars on the market right now. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious 
than it's ever been before. With 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors such as caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and carrot cake, Bilt Bars are absolutely delicious. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. And most importantly, Bilt Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and they work for any kind of diet. So what are you waiting for? Go to BiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BiltBar.com. Betting on the MLB doesn't have to be a big guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by Bet Online A to G, wherever you get your podcast from. So I want to pivot to the U Darvish trade. And like you mentioned, it's not exactly finalized yet. There still could be some other news that pops up before you're hearing this episode. But it sounds like you Darvish and catcher Victor Caratini are headed to the Padres. I want to get your thoughts on that move. I mean, you we talked about Darvish a little bit before. Yeah, there's some risk. He's 34. He's mm-hmm. owed, I think, $60 million or so over the next three years. But mm-hmm. this guy's been really, really good over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's coming off a season where his fastball velocity was at a career best. His walk rate was mm-hmm. a career low. His projections are really good for next year. So what do you feel – what do you think about Darvish for next year? Uh, for one thing, and obviously the, the the nerds will not like this, but I just like you, Darvish. I think he's really fun. I think he's really fun on social media, kind of secretly. Uh, I think he has a couple moments. I think he's just – it's fun to see. It's fun to see, like, you know, both him and Kim. Like, those two uh, – like, having two Asian players, like, it's really exciting, I think, for San Diego in a lot of ways. I've seen people talking about that, too. And with Darvish, it's like – that guy was so fun back when he was with Texas, and – I remember the strikeout stuff for him was so, so exciting. Then he fell off a bit. And then he goes to, uh, I think he, is, it was only, did he have a team between the Rangers and the Cubs? I don't think so. Yes, he went to the Dodgers for that, that ah, second right. half where he had, the, okay. he had that World Series start where he was allegedly oh, tipping pitches. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. And, oh, man, I, I hated. And one, at a time, I didn't hate Darvish, but I was, I was disappointed. Not just because I drafted for my fantasy baseball team the year that he was, he was bad, but it was more because I was just like, you know, because all those lazy takes where they were like, oh, he's, you know, I don't know. Should you pay this guy? He was bad in the World Series. It's like, yeah, and then you paid Pablo Sandoval because he didn't get in the World Series and how did that turn off for Boston? So stop using the World Series and playoffs. This isn't basketball and football where playoffs and pressure and more intangible things, in my opinion, you know, definitely should play a part in it. But then you look at you uh, Darvish and then the first season in Chicago he's just terrible <laughs> I was like oh no don't tell me you proved the you know not to name names but certain people on certain ESPN shows that are really well done and really well produced and they may or not be reporters from Chicago that you proved that dude right you know <laughs> and it gets me sad and I'm like oh dang it so seeing him come back and just regain whatever I don't know what he did but he regained it maybe he was hurt secretly that first year I don't know but uh, seeing him kind of back to like what you said, the fastball velocity is still good. Um, it reminds me a little bit. I remember Verlander had like a stretch. I think it was, I'm going to say it was like 2014, 2015. No, yeah, around that time where he was kind of slipping. 
And everyone was like, oh no, this is, this is what happens. And then, like you said, the fastball velocity, it started creeping up and then people started getting excited. They're like, oh no, no, he just had one of those off years. Like that year that LeBron forgot how to shoot in the NBA finals, which is one of the, my more favorite uh, sports storylines we don't talk about when he, it was the first year they played the Warriors in the finals and then he could not shoot a jump shot. Every single offensive position was him driving to the rim. He just forgot for one playoff season and then he's back. That I hope is what happens with Darvish here. But the age does concern me. I, I imagine that, I don't know what the Padres would be giving up. I feel like Will Myers might be one of the guys that I'm seeing uh, might be gone. And if he is gone, I really can't stress enough how much of a pivot I had on Will Myers this year. He's so fun. He's the goofy, like, goofball. I know everyone always makes the jokes, like, oh, he looks like he's high or whatever in that one picture of him, right? But he has this, like, really kind of affable sort of personality, and it was fun seeing him put it together. And while I don't necessarily think there are numbers on him that uh, prove, at least that I've seen, that prove that, you know, this wasn't a mirage. Like, he figured it out. I haven't really seen those. So could he just be have done this year – what he's always done throughout his career, which is have these 30, 40 game stretches where bats like 280, hits 350 on base, and he's just a power slugger hitter. Um, you know, it's, it's not, I get it from a just a pure empirical standpoint. But in terms of just the people I like, that is a little bit sad that I'd be like, oh, I really enjoyed watching Myers. And I feel like he finally found his moment this year and winning comeback player of the year and all that stuff. So I'd be sad to see him go. However, I can't just hate the trade because of that if you get you darvish that rotation is i mean i don't i know the dodgers are a better team but like are we a thousand percent sure that their rotation would be better i think that their rotations are they might be give or take sometimes like it might just be yeah one month the Padres, each one of their eras will be 0.25 and then uh what's his face uh, Kershaw will be great again. And then they have, um, I forgot that rookie that they had was really underrated this year. Um, Dustin May. Dustin May and the other one. I forgot his name though. Oh, uh, Gonsolin. 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 Yeah. Like, yeah, they just pull these guys out of nowhere, apparently, the Dodgers, right? But I, I really think that it would put them on that um, kind of level for sure. It's it's funny that they, it also sad that they might just be the second best team of baseball. The first team is in their division. I understand that as someone who was a fan of the Chargers in 2018 as the Chiefs drafted God, I think, at quarterback, um, that I was really like, oh, lovely, love, lovely. To, you love to see that. Uh, but in all seriousness, the Darvish trade, I would like it, but I would be very, I'd still be a little excited because it's fun. But if I see that they send over C.J. Abrams or Campizana or, God forbid, Gore, who I don't think that they would trade, I, that's there's no way. I, I think he's the least touchable on, out of all of them. I'd be a lot more like, uh, I don't know. I think they might have got got on that trade, especially since uh, Darvish is so up there in years. So the Padres are getting Blake Snell, you Darvish, Victor Caratini, and <laughs> hey Song Kim. I mean, that is just, in a span of 24 hours, it's absolutely nuts. So, like, my final, mm-hmm. final question is, just how good is this team going to be? I mean, everything is lining up right now for them. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. the Dodgers are there, and that's an obvious hurdle that they're going to have to get over, but this is a really good team, and it's hard to find a team that is built better than this Padres team right now. I mean, they have a real shot to win a World Series next year, 2022. I mean, this is a good team. How are you feeling as a whole about this team? Well, first of all, I'm just excited. It's amazing to be a Padres fan right now to see that they actually have a chance. This is a team that was thrown out Will Venable and, you know, my boy Seth Smith back in the day in the outfield. And now we have Trent Grisham and stuff. 
and Everest Cabrera, the Everest Cabrera days when just steals monster for fantasy baseball, but not much else and could never really hit at all. Uh, God, you hate those players. Those players are always really rough to, to go through. But seeing now what they have, I'd say fun hobby is like, they're going to be great. They're just, they're going to be fantastic. They're just going to be the same thing they were this year. But to, I guess, to be devil's advocate to myself, um, I'd say the thing I'd be more worried about with the Padres is the offense, believe it or not. The reason I say that is because let's say they don't trade Will Myers, right? Or like I just, I just did a whole, you know, uh, diatribe about Myers is a, you know, streaky tendency. Are we sure that Eric Hosmer's launch angle thing is legit? Are we sure Jake Cronenworth is legit? Are we sure that I guess Drake's and Profar, whoever they add in there, are we sure he's legit? And he's not just going to be a two thirty hitter now. Um, super confident that Tatis and Machado, Machado at his worst is still great. Tatis is a superstar. We know that, right? But I do wonder, I think that it's it's not inconceivable that parts of the Padres' offense played a little bit over their head, especially since it was a 60-game season. Um, I would be, I'd love to see them add, which, by the way, could happen. Like, we could, tomorrow, Nelson Cruz is signed with the yeah. Padres, which I don't think they would do because we don't know about the DH, but uh, Michael Brantley is a better example, right? Like, Michael Brantley, up there in age, so he's not going to get a Springer-type contract, but you give him, like, three years, 80 million, something crazy, right? It would, it would be a lot of money, but that wouldn't, like, surprise me for this team. It'd be really exciting. I do think, though, the offense, it's the offense. It's the offense. I'm, I was never really worried about starting pitching even before these trades happened. I thought they have depth. I like guys like Adrian Morejon. I like that Gore could come up any second. I even like guys like Chris Paddock to a degree. I mean, this guy was like the star pitcher, and we're just going to give up on him? I'm not giving up totally yet. I know everyone like made, like was getting upset with me because I was worried about him for this season. I'm like, guys, fastball is straight as hell. Like, it's just not doing anything. I'm a little bit worried. But he could come back and be awesome. There are plenty of guys who come back, have that sophomore slump, you know? And I think it's a mistake to – it's so fickle of sports fans to just abandon these guys. So I was high on Paddock for where people, I think, are projecting him right now um, because of his kind of bad second season. But – you know, I'd say the offense, that, that would be the main concern. I think they need a little bit more depth in the outfield, which is why one of my things I was hoping for is a guy like Brad Miller, who would just give you some utility depth. Because Grisham and Profar and Myers, the outfield was good last year, but Myers isn't good defensively. He's not a, you know, full tank of health, I can't think of the saying. Uh, and Grisham, you know, he's, he won the gold glove, but can he carry the outfield so much? I don't know. So if I'm the Padres, outfield depth, batting depth is something that I wouldn't totally excuse. And also, I could be wrong. Eric Hosmer could hit 33 home runs next year because he's figured out launch angle. Good, good for him. Congratulations. Uh, and Will Myers could be the same thing, and then it won't even matter if he's not because we have Tatis and Machado. So uh, by all accounts, this, these things could be silly uh, kind of issues, um, but I think that – Keep an eye on the offense. I would, if I'm other fans, just be a little bit careful not to overstate the sample size that we got this year, I think. All right. Final question for real this time. Um, (laughs) I'm going to put you on the spot. As currently constructed, assuming these trades go through and the Padres don't make any other major additions this offseason, how many games are they going to win next year? And that's assuming that there was actually 162 games. May I interrupt you? Because we got a little bit of a Passan bomb. Yeah. Okay, so... The, it says the U Darvish to the Padres deals on the verge of happening. Sources tell ESPN Darvish expected to go with Victor Caratini to San Diego. Cubs' return is Zach Davies and four young prospects. Owen Casey, 
shortstop Reggie Preciado is male mania. I haven't even heard of this guy before. And then Jason Santana. That is what is apparently currently projected right now. So the first thing I think is, okay, so Zach Davies. That's the thing that they're, they're giving up. That's interesting. Okay. It makes sense though. He's on a very minimal contract and he was pretty good for them last year. And I imagine they're rebuilding. Okay. All right. So that, so take back what I said about the Davies thing, but yeah, I'll exchange uh, you Darvish for Zach Davies. Thank you very much. Oh <laughs> yeah. My I, I'll goodness. take that. This is a but live still, on uh, air, like trading. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. I'm not, I'm not Aram Layton of Lockdown MLB Prospects, so I can't talk about. Uh, I just didn't want to see. You know, I'm looking through the names. I'm like, don't say CJ Abrams. Don't say any of the guys. Okay. Like, it's depth and for sure at your, at your farm system. But the big, I think the big surprising thing is Davies. I did not expect. I thought they were going to give up a bat. That's what I thought that everything was kind of leaning towards. Instead, it looks like they're just, they're all in. Preller might just believe it a little buyer. So if this is, is the deal, uh, that's my first reaction, I guess. What was your question before? How many games they'll win? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. How many games are they gonna win? Um, oh man. So it's hard because the, this the, with the shortened season starts to like project it again. I'd say, I'd say like low nineties for now is where I'm feeling. I'd say low nineties. I think that it's possible they have some guys that go through a dry spell, guys that have to figure it out again. Um, this might be a late boom team, actually, believe it or not, because just like their games this year, like the Cardinals game two playoff, where they just, I mean, even game one, they all just fell asleep for the first two games. The Padres, I think that they're one of those teams that have that, you know, like the NBA 2K where you have different badges. They have the, the just explosion badge where I could see them ripping off streaks, but I could see them going the opposite direction because they were people forget they were 11 and 12 to start the season, despite all the offense and stuff, I could see them starting like, you know, 10 and uh, like, like 21 or something crazy like that. And then ripping off. I'm not even kidding. Like a 28, three streak. Like that's what I feel like this team uh, kind of is. Uh, they're so boom a lot of the times, but there is times where they slow down a little bit. Thankfully, I think they've improved their team in terms of guys that could just get on base and don't rely on home runs all the time. But Oh, wow, man. I'm so – okay, so that, that changes the whole – it's amazing. Like, why am I even recording some podcasts? Like, I should just wait at this point, you know? It was supposed to be – so now that the rotation would be – so it would be Snell, Lament, Darvish. Who am, I, who am I forgetting right now? Paddock. And then a, a mixture of Mornihone, Ryan Weathers maybe, and um, – and maybe uh, Mackenzie Gore. And maybe Mackenzie ready. Gore. Wow. And maybe Trevor Bauer. Who knows? <laughs> you know, I, like, would it surprise you? Like, would it surprise you? It, yeah. I'll go, yeah. like, high 90s, by the way, if they sign Trevor Bauer somehow, which I don't think they would do. I don't necessarily want them to do for a variety of reasons, but uh, it just would surprise you. But, yeah, I just – man, A.J. Preller just drowned me in the hottest hot sauce in the world and sell my remains on the black market. I love him so much. <laughs> All right, Javier, I'm going to let you go before AJ Preller decides to make another move <laughs> while we're recording. So uh, really, <laughs> really appreciate you hopping on the podcast. Uh, where can we follow you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter, you can follow uh, the first the show account, which is at LO underscore Padres. Fun stuff on there. I always update about the show. I'm trying to be more active on it, especially especially now, but lately I have been more active with just memes and pictures and whatnot, uh, and just some of my thoughts. Uh, but if you want some of my, you know, maybe 10% baseball takes and just some other weird stuff, you can follow me on my personal account, which is at Javapeno, which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Some good stuff on there. Uh, so yeah, give me a follow. All right, good stuff. Uh, fans, make sure to go check them out. The Padres are super fun. So thank you, Javier, for hopping on the show. 
Absolutely, man. It was a blast. Always fun talking. So once again, a huge thank you to Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres for hopping on the show. I felt like it was kind of appropriate to talk about the Padres right now. It's been a really slow baseball offseason. I know people are kind of dying for news really about anything, not even just Angels related, but baseball related. So I know this wasn't really an Angels podcast, but it was fun to talk about a team that is making a lot of noise and a team that is quite frankly becoming one of the most likable teams in all of baseball. So tomorrow's episode is going to be the final episode of the insane 2020 year that we have all experienced. So I believe the plan is to look over some uh, New Year's resolutions from Angels fans. Again, I posted the question on Twitter. So if you have any resolutions, things you'd like to see the Angels do for next year, send them my way. You can tweet at me at bmags94. And if you want to email me, you can do so at brentjmaguire94 at gmail.com. And in tomorrow's episode, we'll also talk about the significance of these Padres moves because wiping Blake Snell and Yu Darvish off the market obviously has pretty big significance for the Angels. So we will dive into what that means and more. So stay tuned for that on Wednesday's episode. But that's going to do it for today. As always, thank you for joining. Stay safe out there. And we'll talk some Angels baseball on Wednesday.